0: While you may want a consistent enterprise approach, you may not necessarily want to target a single enterprise-wide tool strategy. What you need to do is see where this develops, how it's adding business value, and then continue to grow in those investments. As more AI technology is embedded in business applications, like ERP solutions, uh, many organizations will choose to implement those capabilities first. Organizations should be looking at AI to match the business capabilities that can help provide competitive differentiation, business process transformation, and that would include custom solutions that would require internal data science support.
1: Welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on the journey to world-class performance.
2: What's the role for artificial intelligence in today's enterprise? Where should IT leaders focus their efforts? On today's episode of our Business Acceleration Podcast, we'll discuss all this and more. I'm Gary Baker, Global Communications Director for the Hackett Group, and I'm joined today by Global IT Advisory Practice Leader, Tammy Pinter, Chief of Research, John Van Decker, and Senior Research Director, Enterprise IT, Ron Exler. Welcome to all of you. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. Uh, Thanks, Gary. Uh, Ron, I will hand it over to you to lead the discussion from here. Thanks, Gary. Yeah, it's
3: a super interesting topic we're covering today with artificial intelligence in the enterprise, and we did some research around that. Uh, Tammy, to kick us off here, can you say how the Hackett Group defines artificial intelligence or AI?
4: Well, the definition, um, Ron, is pretty much already out there, right? It's, it's not specific to how Hackett defines it. I mean, artificial intelligence refers to the development of computer systems that can perform tasks typically requiring human intelligence or um, action. So the capabilities would include recognizing speech, making decisions, understanding natural language, um, learning from experience. AI is thought of as a set of technologies that enable machines to perceive reason and act in ways that simulate human intelligence. In addition, fields of AI include machine learning, natural language processing, generative AI, voice assistance, your Siri at home. Also, AI can be found in business applications, uh, autonomous vehicles, fraud detection, medical diagnosis um, throughout multiple different fields. I mean, I think the end goal is to create, uh, basically to create um, intelligent machines that can work together as well as interact with humans in a more natural and intuitive manner. What we'll be talking about today is what is enterprise AI. It is a category of enterprise software that harnesses artificial intelligence techniques to drive digital transformation.
3: Thanks, Tammy. So John, you put this together and have been looking at the results real carefully. Can you share a little background about the poll and
0: why did you decide to do it, and you know what approach did you take? Sure. Thanks, Ron. Uh, As chief of research at the Hackett Group, I manage the research agenda and particularly the enterprise research agenda. So we have various services that look at specific disciplines like finance, IT, HR, et cetera. I was trying to understand was the level of implementations and expectations that folks have for using AI across the enterprise. You know, is there an enterprise strategy, let's say, for AI? So the purpose was to really determine the expectations for using AI in the enterprise, to understand how organizations are pursuing strategies for AI deployment, to understand at a very basic level, what are some of the tools that are being used so far, where they are in terms of deployment, and determine the current implementation by department in the enterprise. So essentially, we, the approach that we took was a short survey Four questions that took about 10 to 15 minutes. Over a six-week period from February to March of this year, we posted an online survey that went to our clients as well as went to outside the organization to essentially anyone that wanted to participate. We, you know, promoted it heavily on sites like LinkedIn. We were able to get basically an even split between North American respondents and European respondents, 47, 46%. We've been processing the data and doing various analysis on the data, and we have come up with some very interesting findings that we want to share with you today.
3: So John, taking a research approach to this, you went into it with an initial hypothesis or things, some things you were expecting to see in the results of the uh, survey. Can you talk a little about what those things were that you expected to find?
0: Yeah, so we thought that we would find that there's a high expectation for AI. However, it is in its infancy. We expected to see you know, a significant number of organizations not have an AI strategy or even take advantage of AI yet. We think that will change. Um, but the precise use case is clearly it is in the infancy of its rollout. You know, I mentioned very little enterprise strategy for deploying AI uniformly across the enterprise. And I'll discuss that later, that we really don't expect to see that maybe at all. We see that many organizations believe that AI will become part of their foundational technologies and business applications like ERP, and they will deploy AI as those use cases come out. We also thought that we'll see AI in pockets for deployment where there's immediate opportunity for business value. And we thought that we would see some early Uh, evolution of the use of data scientists and employing IT across, you know, the enterprise in its early stages.
3: So how did those findings, you know, just sifted through that, you know, teams gone through to evaluate? How have those findings matched
0: those expectations? Sure. Well, our hypotheses were confirmed. We saw that there, in general, is a high expectation for AI, But about one-third of the organizations in the study are pausing action until there is more adoption and proven business value. In the past, we saw that Europe was a bit of a slower adopter of cloud solutions than North America. We saw something different here. We saw that Europe is further ahead in its planning and approach for AI. That was unexpected. We see that as more business applications incorporate AI into the foundation, including AI use cases, organizations will implement these capabilities. And for a lot of organizations, that's the strategy they're going to use going forward in terms of the AI rollout. We saw that 30% of organizations in the study you know, already have data scientists in place to work on AI. We saw that product-centric organizations believe AI is needed for a competitive advantage. In terms of current implementations, we're seeing that to a larger extent in research and development, global business services, and customer-facing operations, rather than some more of the back-office functions at this point. We're also seeing that generative AI, including tools like ChatGPT, have already a firm hold in the market, and that will continue to develop.
3: So I know we're going to dive into some of these differences, some of the things that uh, were a little bit surprising and uh, talk about those in detail. What would you say for enterprises is a key takeaway here? What is
0: it that you consider
3: the biggest learning from this research?
0: I would say for the next three, four years, we're going to see AI proving its initial business value as a series of point solutions and technologies that are matched with specific business requirements. You know This isn't a one-size-fits-all type of solution. You know, there's many different types of AI that Tammy will discuss later. So we see that the approach many organizations are taking is that you know, they're going to put together some structure around you know what's an acceptable AI approach. But I think in many cases, we're going to learn through pilots. We're going to learn through some early adoption of AI and business applications in our planning and analytics solutions, for example, as well as ERP.
3: And one of the things I found super interesting in the results is the differences in the responses based on things like their location or uh, you know what their roles were. Start us out, John, talking about this question around how enterprises perceive AI where we asked about potential value and issues what did you see in those responses anything interesting in the differences
0: by role or region or, or type of company so across the board AI from a we needed to be competitive and we needed it for transformation perspective you know scored high uh, we used the Likert scale I mean within this we're seeing you know mostly you know, fives and sixes out of a scale of one through seven. So organizations see that they need AI to be competitive. And looking at some different segments from a service-centric, product-centric organization perspective, uh, product-centric organizations weigh it higher. We see Europe weighs it higher than North America that AI is needed to be competitive. And we also see that there's more proponents of AI as a competitive weapon among mid-level management versus senior management. When we look at the transformation sides, you know, whether it will be life-changing for a company's products or service, um, you know, that ranked of five across the board, service organizations in that case took the lead over product-centric organizations. So service-centric organizations, see it transformative. While product-centric organizations see it perhaps a bit more necessary for competition, Europe again was higher, as well as the mid-level senior management, uh, in terms of their perception of AI uh, and how that will bring value into the organization.
3: So clearly, there's you know a ways to go before everybody's on the same page with with how AI can uh, positively affect the organization, uh, and certainly. Uh, you know, Tammy, there are some concerns around, around AI. Can you talk about, you know, how uh, the enterprise is, is looking at AI, some of the things that is with other technologies, uh, how they're looking at uh, some of the issues around security and, and costs?
4: Yeah, when, from our findings, it was interesting to see that service companies and senior management have higher concerns about AI security. Um, The security and budget are average concerns around AI. Product companies have more funding, AI funding, than service organizations, which makes sense. And then the European companies have fewer security concerns and have increased budget for AI. What's really hitting the CISO's office and where conversations are hitting home is around the security. Who is using the technology and for what purpose within their organization? Um, How can they protect enterprise information while employees are interacting with generative AI? Um, There was a study, I think it was somewhere around 70% of those using chat, GPT, do not notify their bosses about that. That's some interesting numbers. Um, Management has to think about how can they manage security risks. And of the underlying technology, also around protecting their IP, and how can they balance security trade-offs with the value that the technology offers. So those are really the key areas that CISOs are talking about. And around IP, there is there is already policies and procedures in place that talk about how a company or how workers are to protect a company's IP. I just imagine that these policies probably need reviewed and updated and with the assumption of wide adoption of um, generative AI or AI machine learning to include non-technical personnel, so just across the board of how to protect the IP. I think one of the other items that was interesting is that there are companies out there that have already blocked the use of chat GPT. And I'm focusing on that particular item, but there's other bots out there that companies have blocked use of. Um, That one is a great example taught in the media right now. There's companies out there that have noticed that their IP was already in chat GPT. Some of the answers were very close to their IP. I believe in March, OpenAI changed the default so the models no longer use user inputs to train. So that's a good change. And then really is bringing it home is the budget. Um, When we talk about budget, what are we trying to budget for? Are we and some of the areas you need to consider in is the activity of, you know, finding out who, how, testing, the different testing scenarios that need to happen, policy review. So it's going to be that team that's really making sure that your data is secure, that there's awareness and education, and just the collection of how is it being used within the enterprise today. And I mean, above and beyond what is integrated in your software packages, what the larger corporations are doing by putting uh, large language models within their their packages, right? Because when you adopt that new software, you're already going to have testing procedures and policies before you decide to go with that software.
3: Great, great. So I was going to add, you know, you and I have talked about how this changes on a daily basis. This is a whole world of AI and something new is happening uh, or announced or changed, you know, almost daily. Uh, and w- one of the things uh, I saw recently was tied into this security concern is is that some of these tools now can be used to generate uh, phishing emails that are more convincing and and things of that nature. So in addition to the things you talked about, there are some some new applications used by, you know, those trying to hack in or or get to data, things like that to be watched, right?
4: Oh, that's absolutely correct. I mean, a little bit later on, we talk about some of the uses within within the functions, within the corporation. Cybersecurity is a heavy user of AI technology, and that is for identifying, phishing, spam filtering, some vulnerability management, uh, items like that. So whereas it can be used maliciously, it can also be used to detect malicious behavior.
3: John, with any unproven or feared technology like this, there are naysayers. You know, what are the responses tell us about how compelling
0: AI is and will become well, we saw that one third of respondents don't see a compelling reason at this point for investment in AI. Frankly, I thought that would be much higher. And I would imagine the next time we do a similar poll, similar survey, we're going to see that number drop. We see quite a number of organizations that realize that this is not something they'll invest in now, but you know we'll look at it over the next three to five years and make decisions in terms of how do they roll out a strategy for AI, or that they continue to ignore it. We also see that, you know, a number of organizations look at this as all hype and really no practical application. But that's about 30%, 33%. um, And this has been consistent across all of the demographic categories of respondents that we looked at.
3: Okay. So, you know, while AI has been around in some form for decades. We all know that. It seems to be emerging from what many called the AI winter, in which really very little progress was made. There's continued use of existing applications, but but not a whole lot new until recently. Uh, John, does this research indicate a recent resurgence in the enterprise for AI?
0: I believe it does. 61% of organizations at this point, at least the respondents in the survey, have deployed an early AI pilot project. And they're doing that to determine value, determine if it's something that they should continue to pursue, and to help justify a future strategy and maybe develop a more comprehensive strategy going forward. We see that... AI has become a hot item with about 30% of organizations who are including it in requests for proposals, RFPs, for business applications, and for analytics. Again, we see that the approach that many will take, they will implement the AI use cases as the solution vendors release these capabilities within the business applications. You know, 22% here see no need for an enterprise-wide AI strategy. Uh, we believe that You know, that number will decrease, at least in terms of developing some type of a foundational architecture and guidelines in terms of what is acceptable AI. I mean, before Tammy was mentioning about some organizations that put restrictions on the use of chat GPT. Now, one thing we've seen that organizations in the past that I've spoken with around ERP have mostly said that AI and ERP systems will be sufficient. But here we got a bit of a different result. And you know, we're actually organizations see that they will need AI well beyond what is in their ERP system. So one thing that surprised me is that the study also showed that 8% of organizations have a fully developed enterprise AI strategy. And frankly, to me, you know, that seems high. I was expecting you know, virtually no none of the respondents to say they had a fully developed AI strategy. I mean, Tammy, does anyone really have a fully developed enterprise AI strategy at this point in AI's evolution?
4: Well I would say product companies do, right? I mean software companies. AI is a very focused area and that's how how they tend to be competitive with their next software solutions or evolving software solutions. If I were going to say service organizations or companies that don't develop software, probably not as high there. I would say that they're leaning more on their software solutions to provide that next level AI. And then in research and development, those type of companies that are doing primarily research development, even maybe pharma, they may have a higher level of adoption and evolution for AI strategies. So there are pockets. I do believe that this might be to their their primary focus and where they're going in the future and how to use those efficiencies And then the majority of enterprises will be consumers of that, of those strategies within, like I said, software packages and, or other uses.
3: So interesting, you know, we see so many uh, majority of the companies saying they're doing early pilot uh, implementations to, to figure out the value, but not, not many are fully deployed. Um, John, Like with many technologies, we've seen differences in adoption by location. Uh, What are the regional differences in AI strategy that came across in the research?
0: Sure. Well, Europe, again, compared to North America, seems to excel at this point in the AI strategy departments. The study showed that about 67% of European respondents had some type of early pilot implementation in place. We're looking at about 38% of the respondents say it must be built into business applications. It has to be an RFP item as we look to replace and upgrade our business applications. We also see that AI for enterprise performance planning, including uh, integrated budgeting across departments, performance reporting across departments. Um, You know, Europe, again, is ahead with uh, 28 respondents saying that that, in fact, is the plan. Also, when it comes to the AI strategy that we talked about before, Europe has about 12% of organizations compared to 7% in North America. So Europe is definitely leading the pack in terms of AI strategy at this point. Um, It'll be interesting, again, to see how these percentages numbers evolve over time.
3: Yeah, interesting. Europe's ahead kind of out the chute here, but we've seen in some other technology areas that the highly regulatory structures in Europe can sometimes slow things down. So it will be interesting to see how it plays out over time. So another split you know, that was considered here is the service-centric companies versus the product-centric companies. What does that mean first of all, you know, those can you define those two types of companies from our perspective and then you know what differences in AI strategy do you think are important that came out of the research?
0: Sure. Well, product-centric organizations essentially manufacture something or it could be process manufacturing. So within that you have Organizations that are making a product for sale that you know probably has some physical attributes across the board. Where service-centric companies provide a service, uh, they include healthcare companies, financial service companies, telecommunications, where there's not a physical product sold, but a service that is sold. When we look at the results for service-centric companies versus product-centric, I mean we do see a bit of a mixed bag here. Product-centric companies have more pilots in place to so tune up about 65% of those organizations. We also see product-centric companies uh, have more point projects in different departments in place that will eventually roll into some type of an enterprise-wide strategy. But at this point, you know they question whether it's necessary for developing this enterprise-wide strategy. Uh, we look at service-centric companies, They're looking for more out-of-the-box use cases that are built on AI. They're looking at ensuring that we have AI built into RFPs. And um, typically are looking at uh, enabling more of the capabilities within the ERP system, the foundation, as well as the use cases as AI is rolled out. We also see that in terms of having a fully developed AI strategy, that is more with service-centric companies, we're looking at about 12%. Again, still on the low side now, but you know something that will change over time. So some really interesting data uh, that came out of
3: this around the splits that you just described, the location differences, the role differences, uh, lot, lots of data to dig into here. Tammy, you've mentioned that technologies with AI are already in place in several forms. Of course, regenerative AI is making the news the most right now, but there are other technologies under the AI umbrella that are proven, such as machine learning and image recognition. What are some of the highlights from AI technology being considered that came out of this study?
4: Well, chatbots and machine learning are the top two. AI technologies being considered, followed by image and speech recognition. And I want to preface that by saying that it's already being used in enterprises today. I think that's just more widely known, right? We expect generative AI to be increasing throughout the next several years from 2023 and 2025 as more organizations explore how to use technologies, GPT technologies, Um, Results were considered across region, management level, and product and service companies. Now, having said that, I know earlier in our studies we touched on where there was a percentage that took the survey just didn't think that AI was needed or being used in their enterprise today. And I have found that the... You know, if you move further and further away from your technology employees or further away from your management, that they may not be aware of some of the technologies that they're using that's considered A.I., and that's talking about, let's you know, take the top one chat bots. I think most everybody, because of the news around chat GPT has been extensive. I think everybody's on board of realizing that digital assistance, AI bots, help desk, you know, Alexa, Siri, all of that is a form of AI. And maybe they use it more at home and don't even consider how they're using it or what is considered AI in the enterprise machine learning has been around for I mean for a very long time we do data contextualization with machine learning image recognition uh, that of course is uh, you see that in all of the um, uh, the sci-fi movies, or day to day, where you're walking down the road and it recognizes who you are, and it does it reads the image and it does it does examines pixels or extracts relevant information as as um, as you're walking down or as photos are being analyzed, right? And anything that, the same way that humans can do, AI cams can detect a wide and recognize a wide range of objects, right? They've been trained in computer vision. Then you have speech recognition. We use that quite a bit with our digital assistants at home. It recognizes your speech. Um, sometimes it recognizes everybody else's speech and the TV was it's talking and turns on your Siri or turns on your um, Alexa. And then there's other items that we use day to day. The smart products such as Rumba, um, home devices, maybe, maybe you have a security system, um, facial recognition where we talk about AI, um, machine learning, image processing. Um, customer relationship management, like in the a- enterprise, that's AI plus plus a uh, CRM, right? Where it does the uh, analysis. So all of these, in one aspect or another, whether it be your corporate life or your personal life, are existing today.
3: So based on the enterprise strategy indicators that you know John talked about, and and these technologies that you know you mentioned, or you know we see are cons- being considered uh, overall here. Should enterprises focus on, on these parts of the AI ecosystem that you talked about or should they place priority on, on something else that's maybe coming up? You know, how, how should enterprises address that?
4: what I'm seeing what I'm seeing today is that it's more of the business function that's addressing how they want to incorporate AI into their day-to-day activities where it's great to have an overall corporate strategy. And let's take, let's remove um, software companies, right? Software companies that are developing or incorporating AI within their solutions to be sold to other corporations, right? let's take uh, the rest of the enterprises. Right now, because... Within each business function, the level of maturity of AI differs or the availability out of a software suite or technology that you're utilizing differs. So we find that per function is how this is more being tackled. At a corporate level, it was what I talked about earlier, who's using it, how are they using it, are they using it outside of our corporate-provided solutions where this is integrated, are they using openware type of software, are they putting our IP in it, at a corporate level that's the type of strategy that the C-level should be looking at is how to manage and to understand what and where it's being used. Um, and then allow their business functions to mature at the rate that those solutions become available for them.
3: So certainly there are some technologies here that are more mature than others as you've discussed, you know, some of the different ways they, they are being used and could be used. Uh, anything emerging or or new that in, in AI that Enterprises should keep an eye on.
4: Well, there's always the discussion around, you know, virtual reality, augmented reality. So that's a constant item. I feel like we take two steps forward, take a step back. I think that's where there's a lot of focus. But when it comes to enterprise, how are you using it? Again, I just I I just say we'll follow where our solutions are being provided for us and being integrated. No one particular area. I mean, for years it was blockchain, blockchain, how do we utilize it? How we make, how we make you know it more relevant and transparent. So depending what component of AI that you're talking about, it's gonna evolve as fast as the business needs and where the business function and capabilities are going. So to pick out one, I don't think we'd be doing it justice, to be quite honest.
3: So it sounds like it's more about finding the applications for AI inside of things you might already be using, upgrading to the latest versions of a technology that incorporate some of these uh, innovative AI technologies, for example, rather than looking at a, a certain AI capability by itself.
4: I would say yes. I mean, corporations are already out there scrambling to include, you know, large language models within their, their software solutions today, right? So I think the onus for most of enterprises, again, that are not software development or building on top of AI technology to provide to others, they're already pushing the limits and continuing to develop and research to see what gives them a competitive advantage. And us as consumers get to take advantage of those leaps forwards that they make to be competitive. So we're more consumers of it than I would say blazing the trails, the majority of enterprises are.
3: Right. And you, you talked about the the importance of the business function and how AI fits there. Uh, the study did look at the departments using AI, which functions are actively using AI? You know, can you talk about that a little bit and the differences we saw across departments?
4: When you look at the departments, kind of the top departments that we looked at that were utilizing, let's talk let's talk about maybe the top four, right? Research and development. Of course, that's they automate the acquisition of data. Um, they run AI created algorithms to conduct analysis. They can optimize research resources, like having AI driven robots to do what used to take a, a human to do. So it's basically faster. That they can collect the information faster, more information, and do the analysis quicker than when it was human um, driven, right? So research is a top, top. User of AI. Then let's bring it back to the enterprise, right? Let's talk about our global business services. How can they utilize AI? Um, Reduction of human error, meaning they can do more, process more data even faster. Again, and it's efficiency and productivity gains, um, improve the speed of business, improve qualitative monitoring, improved customer service. That's some of the ways that the global business centers, which aligns very closely with contact centers, right? Um, Contact centers use AI for more intelligent routing for inquiries based on additional criteria. They provide next level analytics, performance indicators. um, They can gauge customer satisfaction. Uh, The key indicators I was talking about, key performance indicators, it can be analyzed faster and it can be real-time correction. And basically overall engagement. How long were they on the phone? Were we able to resolve their issue quickly? What was the overall experience? And learning and going from there. And then we talked earlier briefly on cybersecurity. Uh, Cybersecurity's uses, they range anywhere from behavior analytics to uh, prevention, uh, spam filtering, uh, cyber threats. There is so many uses within the cybersecurity area today that they deploy AI. Um, They can do vulnerability management to health of your network. I was at a cybersecurity symposium about a month ago, and it was very eye-opening in how the cybersecurity industry is deploying AI all throughout. Yes, AI can be used for nefarious reasons, as we mentioned earlier, but it's also being used to detect and avoid vulnerabilities and detect bad actors.
3: All organizations need to answer how they might use AI today and into the future uh, you know we've talked a lot about some of the alternative technologies and and some of the results of the study what about recommendations for organizations tammy first and and then john what are some specific things that organizations can do to kick start, uh their ai strategy discussions and things they need to consider
4: well as we mentioned before AI will prove its business value as a series of point solutions and technologies that are matched with specific business requirements. You can invest in pilot projects to support early rollouts of AI wherever it emerges. Most enterprises are going to be pairing that with as the technology develops within their core technology or core business functions. Understand how AI is perceived in the organization by comparing themselves to their peers in the industry, compare yourself to where you find yourself with the findings of this study. And To understand where there's potential disparity, Um, it is also essential to establish policy and governance, Um, making sure that you have an approach, making sure that you update it often, keep a pulse on what are considered some of your vulnerabilities within the organization, and it's going to be a continued conversation. It's not going anywhere. It's going to be in the top 10 of uh, the C-levels conversations for many years to come.
0: John, what are your thoughts on recommendations? So while you may want a consistent enterprise approach from a policy and governance perspective, you may not necessarily want to target a single enterprise-wide tool strategy where you're using one tool that's going to be the silver bullet for AI. Again, I think what you need to do is see where this develops, how it's adding business value, and then continue to grow in those investments. As more AI technology is embedded in business applications, like ERP solutions, for example, uh, many organizations will choose to implement those capabilities first. So more an out of the box approach for AI before they cast a wider net for more capabilities. And then finally, I would say that organizations should be looking at AI to match the business capabilities, required business capabilities that can help provide competitive differentiation, business process transformation, and that would include custom solutions that would require internal data science support. So you may not be investing in data scientists right now, but it is something that you probably don't wanna take that option off the table when an AI solution that requires data science you know, comes to your uh, vision and, you know, something you want to deploy as far as your overall enterprise strategy.
3: Thanks, John. And thanks, Tammy, for the discussion. There's certainly a lot for leaders to consider as they uh, evaluate AI for their particular enterprise. There's a lot more detail in the research results and analysis that's going to be in the report that'll be shared soon. Uh, so we look forward to sharing that with you as well. Oh, Gary, back to you.
2: Yeah, thanks again to all of you for joining us today. Um, uh, listeners, this is one of a series of episodes we're developing uh, focusing on various elements of AI, including GPT. So watch your podcast feed or visit our website for more on this topic and keep listening.
1: Thanks for listening. You can find the audio, helpful resources, and a transcript of each episode at podcast.thehackergroup.com. If you liked this episode, please share it. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app, so you never miss an episode. We'd welcome your feedback by tapping the rating on this, or any episode, or send us an email at podcast at thehackettgroup.com. The Hackett Group is a global leader in defining and enabling world-class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.thehackettgroup.com.